Hey friend, welcome to the program. Today, Denise is going to continue teaching us from her book called Who Stole Cinderella? The Art of Happily Ever After, which comes with a 16-part series called The School of Cinderella. And today, Denise is going to be teaching us that we are not rejected, we are accepted. That's who we are. And Denise has quite a testimony about this, and that's what she's going to share with you today. So let's join Denise right now. You know, I want to start with this verse, and I think it's just perfect. And it's out of Philippians, and it's chapter 1, verse 6, and it says, being confident of this very thing, that he that began a good in, good work in you will complete it until the day of Jesus Christ. You see, that's what's happening to you and I. God is, he's, he's fulfilling his promise. He is going to complete that which he started in you. You know, he came to us, he saved us, he put his spirit inside of us, but he knew that when he did that, he knew who we were. He knew the problems we had. He knew the experience that we'd had. He knew our sins of our past. He knew our struggles, but he still committed himself to bring to completion the salvation that he started inside of you. And see, it even says being confident, being confident of this very thing that what God started in you, he's going to complete. And that's really what we're talking about in the school of Cinderella. We're talking about opening our heart and letting God and his spirit and his word come and change some things that probably need to be changed inside of us. You know, maybe some of you have even been betrayed by a spouse. Maybe some of you have have uh, someone committed adultery, uh, such a pain of betrayal brings such a pain to the heart. But I want you to know that you're not alone if that's you. Because when Jesus was on the cross, this is so amazing what Jesus did on the cross. And ladies, I'm talking to you about the cross because this is our way out of situations. This is our way to soundness of mind is understanding what Jesus did on the cross. And on the cross, it says in Isaiah 53 that he was bruised for our iniquities and the chastisement of our peace was upon him. This is Isaiah 53 uh, and it's verse five, and by his stripes we were healed. Well, did you see that part where it said the chastisement of our peace was upon him? That means that everything that takes your peace, that was on him. Does adultery take our peace? Does being betrayed by a spouse take our peace? Yes. He took our griefs and our pains on himself on the cross. Somebody is getting touched right now. You're 
that pain of adultery that you carried around in your heart or that pain of being abused as a child is being touched in your heart right now because you're not alone. And Jesus took that very pain on himself on the cross. He took it and he took the punishment of, of it away and the horror of it that it does to our soul. He took that away. He, he put it on himself and he punished it in hell and he rose from the dead to bring victory to you and to me and to anyone who has been betrayed or anyone who somebody has abused physically or anyone who a spouse has committed adultery or a number of things that other people can do to us. But I'm telling you, ladies, you don't have to stay in that trap of I'm the victim and there's no help for me because Jesus, his own self, our God, our God Almighty came down here and he took that punishment. He took that grief. He took that sorrow. He took anything that would take the peace out of your heart on his own self. Is that great news? Is that great news? That's great news. Because you see, in our marriages or in our relationships, if we carry around all this pain, it's affecting our relationships with other people. It affects your relationships with people that haven't done anything to you. It can even affect how you view other people. Uh, if you've been rejected, and you receive that and, and you embrace that and you don't get the healing in your heart that Jesus offers to you, you can view yourself as a rejected person. And then you can carry yourself through life, through your marriage relationship, through being a mother, through being a friend, with this root of rejection on the inside of you. And it's kind of like, uh, kind of like a rudder of a ship. It just turns you this way and turns you that way and turns you that way to distort and bring confusion and a bad color to your relationships because of rejection. Because you haven't recognized that Jesus took your rejection. And ladies, when you see that you're not the rejected, you're the accepted. In fact, Ephesians chapter 1 says, you're the accepted in the beloved. You're not accepted because of everything good you do. You're accepted because of everything good he does. He's the one who brought us into relationship with himself. He's the one who made us the one who is accepted in the beloved. I want to announce over you, you're not the rejected. You're the accepted. In fact, I want to pray for you right now. Father, I pray for these dear sisters, these dear ladies that are listening to me right now. And I recognize that your Holy Spirit is working right now to touch their heart 
Ladies, just receive the Holy Spirit's working right now to touch your heart, to touch that place of rejection, to take out that wound and to put in his love and his place of acceptance. I pray that. I deliver that. I minister that to you right now in the name of Jesus. I pronounce that over you. You are not the rejected. You are the accepted in the beloved. You see, that is an equipment from the Holy Spirit and from his word that is going to enable you to even be a different wife to be a different daughter, to be a different mother, because that cloud of rejection, if you receive what Jesus has done for you, that cloud is removed. I just pronounce that over you, that you're going to see yourself. I see some of you right now, you're even weeping. Well, that's the presence of God. He's touching your heart. You're receiving it. Maybe some of you are even laughing because the presence of God has come right there to touch you and deliver you out of this rejection. Oh, he's such a great God. Oh, he's such a wonderful Savior. Oh, he wants to do such a wonderful work in our heart. And he did it on the cross, and it's we receive it by faith. It's ours by faith. So let me say it over you one more time. You're not the rejected. You're the accepted in the beloved, and he made you that way. You see, you're going to be able to see that brings up like a freshness that you see your husband different because you see yourself different. We can only love from the place that we have. And if we're rejected, we, it's more difficult to give love and it's definitely more difficult for us to receive when someone accepts us. But that's not you. You're moving forward and God is doing his work inside of you because he said he was going to bring the salvation that he put inside of you to completion. And you watching this teaching right now is doing something powerful in your life. So Jesus understands. Not only does he understand, he delivered us. Isn't that great? I love that. Because God is so powerful. You know, I want to take you to some practical things. And this is uh, very practical. And it's it's in in my book, Who Stole Cinderella? And these are practical steps to begin your journey to change. And and we've talked about it before, but that's blaming others. But this is from another side. This is about judging others. Now, the Bible says in Matthew chapter 7, 
We'll go there. If you have your Bible, turn with me to Matthew chapter 7. And look at the first verse. It says, judge not that you be not judged. For with what judgment you judge, you will be judged. And with the measure you use, it will be measured back to you. Well, what does that mean? That means that if we're judging, if we're criticizing others, then that same judgment that we're putting on them is the same judgment that's going to come back on us. So let's just get real practical. Let's say that 15 times a day, you have a judgmental thought about your husband or a judgmental attitude. Like uh, maybe you don't even say it out your mouth. Maybe it's just your thoughts. And you think, well, he never helps me with the house. Or he never, he, I don't like how he speaks to the kids. Or I don't like his language. Or he doesn't make enough money. Or he doesn't like my mother. Or he doesn't read his Bible. A number of things that can come up in our mind like a secret checklist. Maybe we don't say it, but maybe we just think it. But if we think it, then there's a possibility that we've taken on these self-righteous robes and we've said, I would never do that. And we become the judge. Okay, it's a judgmental attitude I'm talking about. And so we look at our husband or some other person that you have a relationship with and say you have those 15 thoughts of those or feelings of that kind of judgment. Well, according to the word of God, the same thing that you put out there, that judgment against that person, the very same thing. It said it right there in the Bible, in the Bible, the way that what you put out there is the very same thing that's going to come back to you. And, you know, the first verse of chapter 7 says, Judge not that you be not judged. And I actually think, ladies, that Jesus said, Judge not that you be not judged because he didn't want us to go through the pain of judgment. I mean, if you've ever been judged, you know it's so painful. Somebody judges you. Somebody has an opinion of you. You don't even know why they have the opinion. They just decided that they have that opinion of you. And how painful that is of, to your heart. Well, if we're judging, then that judgment is going to come back on us. And I know, I know my Lord. I know he doesn't want any of us to suffer under someone else judging us. So he doesn't want us judging someone else. So how powerful is it? If we in our marriage could not judge or stop this secret checklist in the back of our mind and begin accepting our husband as he is. Now, let's look at this judgment a little bit more. The third verse says in chapter 7 of, of Matthew, it says, And why do you look at the speck in your brother's eye and do not consider the plank in your own eye? 
Or how can you say to your brother, let me remove the speck from your eye and look, there's a plank in your own eye. Well, now, there's a process here. So it says, first, why do you look? So like we see something we don't like, we look, and then we think. We look, and then we think. And then we look, and then we think. And then the next process, process is, well, actually, Jesus says after that, he says, you don't even consider the board that's in your own eye. Well, of course, we don't consider the board in our own eye because we're too busy looking and thinking and looking and thinking about the speck that's in our brother's eye. So we don't have time to think about, well, what's wrong with me? Okay, next part. Or how can you say to your brother, let me remove the speck from your eye? Okay, here's another step. Now we're not just looking and thinking and looking and thinking. Now we're speaking. Now we're going to tell that person, you know, if you just wouldn't do this, your life would be better. And if you wouldn't do this, then then the kids would feel a different way. And if you wouldn't do this, and, it, and if you'd stop doing that, and if you would do this, you know, all this judgment that we have, that judgment builds up a case in your mind. So then we start speaking, but then there's a, there's, it goes on further. The speaking turns into action. Let me remove the speck from your eye. <laughs> now, we're not just looking, thinking, looking, thinking, speaking. Now we're saying, I am the answer for you. I will now tell you how to remove the speck from your eye. Have you ever had anybody to try to get something out of your eye? Well, I wear one contact lens. God has done a miracle in my eyes. He's healed my eyes. It's a miracle. I'll tell you about it someday. But. When that doctor, I go see this doctor, and he says, well, I'll take your contact out. I said, uh, no, thank you. I'll do that myself. Because I don't want his finger in my eye. I don't want somebody taking something out of my eye. Neither do you. You don't want somebody trying to remove something from you. None of us do. None of us want anybody else to come in and say, I have the answer for your life. And I can change you and you'll be a better person. Why? Because we think we're okay. And it's not made to be that way. We're not made to change one another. We're, we're made to love one another. Trust one another and let God do the changes. God's the only one. For your husband, God's the only one that can change your husband. Any mental a checklist you have or judgment or maybe you're speaking or maybe now you're even telling him trying trying to tell him what to do and how to do it and when to do it it's not going to change him it's just going to make him resentful and Jesus is saying in this scripture don't do that and how can you do that when you have a board in your own eye how can you how can I try to take a speck, which is Jesus calls it that, out of somebody else's eye 
when I have absolutely, my eyes are absolutely blocked with a board. I can't even see. And I'm trying to put my judgment and my criticism and my opinions on somebody else. And Jesus says, don't do that. And here's verse five. Oh, this verse is a little bit scary because Jesus says something pretty straight. He says, hypocrite. Jesus calls us a hypocrite. First, remove the plank from your own eye and then you'll see clearly to remove the speck from your brother's eye. He says, you you, you think about yourself. Quit, quit thinking about that other person. Think about yourself. What do I need to change? And I'll just be honest with you, ladies. You know, when I, I'm just like you, I, I get tempted and struggle with sometimes being critical or judgmental some someone. And, and, and I know the scripture. I'm teaching it to you right now. And I still have to obey it. And, and when I get before Jesus and I see what he's done for me, for me, it's like, maybe you know the story when, when those religious men came to the woman who was caught in adultery and they all had their stones in their hands and they were all ready to stone her and judge her and condemn her to death. And Jesus wrote in the ground and and they got convicted and they walked away. Well, those religious, religious men, they had those stones in their hands. And sometimes you and I have stones in our hands ready to throw at somebody and ready to throw our judgment and our criticism at them. But when we get before the cross, I know this happens to me. When I get before the cross and I get in his presence, if I have any stones in my hand, it's like they just drop right out of my hands and I say God I'm so sorry you've done so much for me you've forgiven me of so much you've given me so much Lord I'm sorry and I receive his love and I throw down my stones and I stopped judging that person. And my attention goes on Jesus and on how he could change me. That's such a much more effective way of living. Definitely more effective in your marriage than trying to change somebody or criticize someone or believe that you're the righteous one and you're the angel in this relationship. It's much more effective to see ourselves in the light of Jesus, in the light of his blood, in the light of what he did for us and to let the Holy Spirit touch our heart and to let those stones just drop out of our hands. Empty-handed, nothing to throw, nothing to say. And that way, ladies, we can hear from God 
instead of just accusing someone. And we can hear from God on things that we need to change. And I know, ladies, that, I mean, in my own marriage, dropping those stones, giving up that criticism, giving up that judgmental attitude, it opens the door to heaven in my own home. And I promise you right now, if you do that, if you stop criticizing, if you stop judging, if you stop trying to change him, there's going to be a different atmosphere in your home. I believe the atmosphere of heaven comes into our homes because when we're conducting ourselves in such a way that we turn from judgment, we turn from criticism, and we open our mouth to praise, then we're opening our home to more heavenly things. And ladies, it goes back to Proverbs chapter 14, verse 1. This is a key element, key in building up your home and not tearing it down. You can do it. We can do it together in presenting ourselves before the Lord, saying, Lord, look at me, Lord. Lord, I'm looking at you. Help me throw down these stones that I've carried and accept my husband as he is and open the door of heaven to my home. All of us want our relationships to grow and improve. For example, don't you want your marriage to be in better shape than it is right now? Even if things are going well, you probably see areas where it could be improved, right? In this candid 16-part series, Denise Renner hilariously and compassionately reveals areas where all of us can do better in our relationships and especially in our marriages. Sometimes little changes make big differences. Titles in this series include Help, my mouth is making trouble for me. Who is in control here? My mouth or me? I thought I was supposed to change it. Help me, Lord. I need to forgive. I thought I had already reached my forgiveness quota. Rick Renner says, this series is so awesome. Every person will laugh their way to transformation as Denise candidly addresses areas where we can all improve. This life-changing 16-part series is available in digital or physical formats, starting at just $25. We are also offering you Denise's companion book, Who Stole Cinderella? for just $15 with genuine warmth and candor. Denise recounts the journey of her own struggles in marriage and the unique insights she learned along the way to attaining emotional health and happiness. Your life will be enriched by biblical wisdom as Denise sheds light on your path to happily ever after and shows you right where to begin again if you've lost your way. Don't miss this special offer, the entire 16-part series, School of Cinderella, and the companion book, Who Stole Cinderella? Call the number on your screen now or go to renner.org to order. Call or go online now. Hey friends, Denise and I are coming to an area near you very soon. On Sunday, July 31st, we're coming to Covenant Church to be with Jesse and Kathy Duplantis at Destrahan, Louisiana. On Sunday, August the 7th, we're coming to Victory Church to be with Pastor Jeanette Furry in Hattiesburg, Mississippi. On Sunday, August 14th, we're going to be at Radiant Church with Pastor Lee Cummings in Richland, Michigan. On Sunday, August 21st, we're going to be at Liberty Church in Fairfield, California with Pastor Richard West. 
On Thursday, August 25th, we're coming to River of Life Fellowship in Seaside, Oregon to be with Pastors Tolbert and Mary Jo Lovelady. On Sunday, August 28th, we're coming to Spokane Christian Center in Spokane, Washington with Pastor Rick Sharkey. On Sunday, September 4th, we're coming to Faith Family Church in Sioux Falls, South Dakota to be with Pastors Michael and Vicki Bang. And on Sunday, September the 11th, we're coming to Madison, Alabama to Cornerstone Word of Life to be with Pastor Mark Garver. Please check our website for the most recent updates and information about these wonderful meetings.